0: Thank you, Jenny. That was beautiful. Um, I know I'm scaring Adol right now because I came up here with not a Bible. <laughs> I stashed it up here. <laughs> it's the worst thing if somebody come up here without the word. It's a dangerous place to be without the scriptures. But that was a beautiful song, and that's a very good song to encourage us that know him as our Lord and Savior. I was at work last week and there was a gentleman who was um, 85 years old and for some reason the salesperson said, I want you to talk to this gentleman. So I went over and just sat with him and I didn't know what to say except just to listen to him and he had um, cancer in both lungs and he wasn't doing real well and then the Lord just impressed upon my heart to ask him, do you have peace with God? And you know, this man looked at me and said, Yes. And, and I wanted to make sure that it was with Jesus, that he invited Jesus into his heart. And I asked him that. And he said, with tears in his eyes, yes. And I will see some other family members when I get there and start crying. So that showed me that he had peace. And, you know, we can say who know him today that there will be a day That there won't be any more pain or suffering or death. So anyone who's struggling today that knows the Lord as Lord and Savior. And that's critical. That we know him. That we trusted him. That we've invited him into our heart. We can say that that pain will go away one day. And we will be with him. And there will be no more suffering in heaven. No more tears. No more death. We'll just have fun with Jesus. But let's open up. The Word of God today to Mark. Chapter 4 of Mark. And Ado will tell you, uh, well he might not tell you. But when he preached about the man, yes, last week that was suffering for 38 years. He touched a lot of people. And I'm sitting in in my chair thinking about that. Because I had spent time studying this portion and I was thinking, well, how can I do a subject matter that's really similar to Adol?" Especially, it was just such a blessing. And then he helped me understand that the word of God, the good news, can be preached every Sunday. Amen. But this is good news that we have. And. um, So let's let's pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you that. We stand here, Lord, and even though we don't know it, it's holy ground that we stand on, Lord. It's holy ground because you're here. You're here with us and we pray that your presence would be made known. We pray that you would speak to hearts this morning. We pray, Lord, that you will touch hearts this morning with your love and your compassionate message, Lord. And we pray that if there's anyone here that hasn't made that decision, Lord, to invite you in their heart as Lord and Savior, that today they will say yes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's go to chapter 4 in Mark and um, starting in verse 24. It says a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. We pray that the Lord would bless their his word. You know, the woman was told at the end of that verse, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your sufferings. Finally, after twelve years of pain and suffering, are we listening? Finally, after 12 years of pain and suffering, humiliation, sleepless nights, hopeless nights, the war is now over. Peace from God. Peace with God. She can hope again. She can live again. She meets God and God touches her in faith and heals her. One of our memory verses that is um, kind of has encouraged me a great deal is in Romans 5, 6. And it says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless or hopeless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, this poor woman can say with passion and enthusiasm, at just the right time. I was touched by the king of kings and the Lord of lords at just the right time. And I titled this message at just the right time, because that's who our God is. He comes at just the right time. He came at just the right time. He died on the cross at just the right time. This woman who was suffering and lost all hope. He came at just the right time and she touched him. And it's a great story, right? Isn't it a great story? You know, a story always has characters. And I've kind of broken this story down to three characters. Three main characters. And we're just going to focus on those three characters in this story today. The first character is the woman. The second character is for those who like mysteries. That's the mystery person. Then the third person is uh, Christ, God. Characters. Three people we want to look at this morning. The first is the woman. Who was she? Think about it. Who was this woman? The scriptures tells us about her. But who was she? Have you thought about that, reading this subject? I know people have read this story before who have been studying the scriptures. But who was she? How old was she? She was 12 years in the condition. But how old was she at the time that she touched the Savior? 25? 55? 45? We don't know. But we know that she was in the condition for 12 years. Was she married? Did she have a husband? Did she have parents? Where were her parents? Did she have brothers, sisters, family members? Who was around her that knew her, that loved her, that comforted her, possibly? Anyone? Maybe she didn't know anyone. Maybe she was divorced. Maybe she lived a life that was really bad. And then she started having the problem with the bleeding and it just kept going on. Maybe we don't know. Lord doesn't tell us in the story. But I want to ask you this morning, who is this lady? Who is she? She's one of the characters. But the scriptures does tell us. In verse twenty five. That she was subject to bleeding for 12 years. That's what it says. So we know that going in. 12 years of pain. 12 years of suffering. 12 years of wondering when it will all end and stop. 12 years of wondering why me. Twelve years of saying, is this what it's all about? Is this my life, my destiny? Twelve years of wondering what's happening here. And then verse 26, again, as we look at the, the, the truth of this subject matter, the things that we can say are factual because the scriptures say it. Verse 26 says she suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And also says in the verse, we don't want to miss it, that she spent all she had. She became bankrupt. So if she spent all she had, did she have any money? Obviously, she had some money. And if it was many doctors, doctors, as we know today, those who have Kaiser, those who have whatever, You know, it's not cheap. Well, back then, I don't think it was cheap. Relatively speaking, I think it was probably expensive to go to a professional, especially if you have a situation that was um, deadly. That you had to go to a specialist for. So this woman spent all she had. But instead of getting better, she grew worse. She went to the first doctor. Maybe after a while, after things got a little bit, she starts thinking, well, this is not going away. So she went to the first doctor and she had her little money bag. She didn't have a bank account, right? I mean, let's go back there and live for a while. There's no banks. Maybe she put it under a mattress, possibly. But it's not like she could just put it somewhere. She probably carried it attached to her because she said, I can't lose this. This is my means of getting healed. This is the only way I'm going to really get better is that I hold on to this money because I'm going to have to pay for this. I need to pay a doctor. So she went to the first doctor. Dr. Dean. Dr. Dean. He was the man. She went to him. This is my problem. So he gave her his treatment. Gave her some medicine, maybe. Amen. And sent her home. And I'm gonna assume that this is a good doctor. I'm gonna assume these are good doctors that mean well. Let's assume that today. And she pays him, a pouch, she pulls out her money and pays for it. Then she goes home. And she's not better. What do you think she did? What do you do when, you know, it doesn't work? We call him back. Dr. Dean, what's up? It's not getting better. That didn't work. I need something else. That medicine did not work. Give me something else. Please. This bleeding is starting to really get irritating. I can't take it anymore. I thought you were the man. I heard you were Dr. Dean, the man, the specialist. The person that fixes problems. But no, you just kind of cost me some money. Dr. Dean says, well, you know, i got another medicine I'll give you. How about trying, you know, treatment Z? So he gives her some more medicine, kind of checks her out. She leaves and goes home with the expectation probably that it's going to work. But a little bit of doubt because she had more expectation the first time than the second time little bit doubt, but she still expresses, expects it to work because she reached into the money bag and gave him a little bit more money. It didn't work, though. And she went back again. And maybe she went back a fourth time. But I think at one point she said, I'm out. I, I only have so much money. I need another doctor. So she goes to another doctor. And we're not going to name him, although it's Dr. Allen. And what does Alan do? Dr. Allen's a good doctor. He's a good old man. Good old boy. He knows. He's dealt with women like this in a situation. So he does his little thing and gets in there and whatever he has to do. And he prescribes. Okay, this is what you need to do now. And you'll be better. I guarantee it. She goes home thinking, okay, I got him now. I got it. I'm going to be better. And then, okay, wakes up the next morning. Okay. it's Same problem. And she goes back and then back, and then back. And she continues to go back. And she continues to find doctors. And she continues to pull out that money bag. And she continues to just give the coins, you know, begrudgingly, because that's maybe her savings. That's all she has. But she's got to get healed. I'm in pain. I can't handle this. My life is miserable. So I'm going to give all I have. So all of a sudden she goes to the last doctor because the book, the scripture says she went to um, many doctors. You know how many many is? Could be five, ten, many, lots of doctors. So she, the last doctor, she pours it out. This is all I have. This is all I have. Help me, please help me. And she grew worse. One writer wrote something beautiful about this. He said, her case is a beautiful illustration of how men and women today afflicted with the incurable disease of sin may find deliverance when they reach out their hands in faith and touch the blessed Lord himself. But not this world. Its remedies don't work. So. We need to understand something about this illustration. It's a beautiful illustration about what this world has to offer. The solutions that this world has for our pain, our sadness, our unhappiness, that hole that's in us that we need to fill. Drugs don't bring about deliverance. They don't solve the problem. Alcohol won't. Parties won't. Girls and guys won't. Young people, they won't. Won't fill. Won't fix it. Not that not that missing link in our lives. A career won't. Money and fame won't. And we hear about that every day, about what money and fame do to those that are in power and those that are in the the media and those that are in Hollywood. Does it solve their problems? They have great money. Great wealth, great fame, but there are 18 divorces. Binging on drugs, life's falling apart. A new car won't. It feels good at first, but then all of a sudden you need four tires. And then things don't feel as comfortable anymore. I need four tires, and this isn't the ride it used to be. bankrupt that's character number one and you know what's good about character number one she spent all she had but at just the right time when things seemed bad something happened at just the right time when she was hopeless and the money bag was empty, something happened. Verse 27 says, when she heard about Jesus, and this is the second character, and you know what his name is, or her name is the mystery person. At just the right time, she heard about Jesus. From a person. Because if it says she heard about Jesus, that means somebody told her about Jesus. Are we listening? She heard about Jesus. Someone took the time to sit with this person who was helpless, hopeless, lost, in pain, suffering, at the end, bankrupt, and told her about Jesus. Jesus. Just the right time she heard about the Savior. She heard about the master physician. And, you know, I can imagine at first when that person came to her. And, you know, who could it have been? Could it have been the woman at the well? Could it? Could it have been the man that was demon-possessed that went around and shared and people marveled? Could it have been him? I could tell you who it was. It was somebody who was touched. Somebody who had touched the Savior. Somebody who was healed by the Savior. Somebody whose life was changed by the Savior. And all of a sudden, she's in a conversation with them. At just the right time, their paths met. And that person sat with this woman and think about this woman. Now she went to many doctors. She went to the world. She tried everything. And she's worse off now. She spent all she had. She's worse. She's in more pain and she's broke. Now you're going to tell me about another physician. Who is this guy, Jesus? What do you mean, Jesus? Go see Jesus. Who was he? I don't have any more money. Here, take my empty bag and give it to Jesus and tell him to heal me. Because I can't give him anything. And that person says, you don't understand. He doesn't want anything. He paid the price already. He died on the cross for you. And at that point, he didn't die on the cross. But that's what Christians tell people today. He died on the cross for you. This person told this lady, You don't understand. This man heals people. He healed me. My life was in shambles, and I met him, and he healed me, and he didn't want anything. He just said, Your faith has healed you and walked away, and, and I'm wondering, well, What do I owe you? And he said, Well, I think you just, just, just be free of your illness. God bless you Christians who just at the right time share the scriptures with people and share the love of Christ. God bless you. Are you listening? I mean, really, are you listening? God bless you Christians who at just the right time, when somebody crosses your path, that is bankrupt, that is lost, That is hopeless at just the right time. They cross your path. God bless you. When you share the God, the Lord of lords and the king of kings with them, God bless you. I want to encourage you to keep that up. That's it. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's the life of victory. That's the life of passion. That's the life of a real Christian. God bless you. When even when they don't want to hear it, you still share it. Even when they're going to persecute you, you still share the love of Christ with them. God bless you. God encourage you. God build you. God. May he just lift you up and cause you to do it more. And be more committed. Because at just the right time. There's going to be somebody who's going to walk past you or walk into your life, and they're going to be lost and helpless. At just the right time, it's going to happen. Are you going to be ready? Are you going to be willing? Like this person was, the mystery person. They told this lady about Christ and convinced her that it was worthwhile to go to see the Savior. And what did she do? It says that she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Listen to this. She came up behind him and touched his cloak because she thought. Why did she think that? Because she thought. Where did that thought come from? Her past experience? No. She was bankrupt. She didn't have anything going for her. She saw failure after failure after failure. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. I believe she thought that because the mystery person, that Christian That person that loved Jesus convinced her and showed her the love of Christ and gave her enough encouragement where she would go and say, I believe he is real. And I believe if I touch him, I will be changed. She didn't say, I think it. She didn't say, I think she said, I will be healed. She was given an incredible testimony, I think. By a faithful believer, God bless them and God bless you. And that's the mystery person. You know, I met a mystery person. Ten years ago, I got saved uh, August 23rd, 1993. I met a mystery person. Do you know that? I don't remember his name. And I don't. But God bless him. I used to remember his name. But it's been so much time. He was in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii. Hawaii. Going through a separation and a divorce. And I tried different doctors, different solutions, tried different books, remedies, and it all fell through. And then all of a sudden, I'm in Hawaii, wife is here pregnant, eight months pregnant, and with my daughter, who's now in Sunday school, and has been in Sunday school for 10 years now. And I was hopeless and lost. And the mystery person, that person that was faithful, tapped on my shoulder while I was working with him in Hawaii. uh, My divorce was going to be final September of of 1993. One month later, I was going to be finally divorced from my wife now. And guess what? At just the right time somebody came into my life that shared Christ with me. I came home in August, about the 14th of August, came to this church around the 20th or so, I forget. And a week later, I got saved at this church in 1993, 10 years ago, and my marriage is right. I didn't lose my wife. I didn't lose my child. And I've had another child. At just the right time, a man came into my life. And the Lord used other people like Cindy to impress upon me to go to a men's dinner. That day I got saved was at Mike and Jenny's house in Jessica's room. Jessica, in your room. That's my room. But And Dean spent time with me answering questions, and all of a sudden, I said, Lord, you know, I invite you, I give up the fight. Just the right time. And that takes us to the third person in the story. There's three characters. One was the woman. The other one was the mystery person. God bless you, mystery people. And the third one is the Lord himself. He was the one she heard about, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the man. And you know, Nick says that to me all the time. You're the man. and I tell him, no, I am not the man. He's the man. And he is, isn't he? He's the man. And I want us to think about this man for a second. Think about him. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who came and died on the cross for our sins, just because he loved us. He is the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. He says that in John eleven twenty five. He also says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. No one comes through the Father except through me. The King of kings and lords of lords. The Lord of lords. Many people, which when I studied the, this message, really kind of, it started to affect me because many people came to him. And if you notice, one of the verses where the disciples said to Jesus, because Jesus asked a kind of a strange question to them. Who touched me? Did he think he knew who touched him? Of course he knew who touched him. But he asked a strange question. Who touched me? And the disciples are like, what do you mean who touched you? They're all around you. Luke says they were so close, they were crushing him. And can you imagine back then? People all around him crushing him. Because why? Why were they there? Why were they around him? Some were coming to see a show. Do you know that? Some were coming to say, well, who is this Jesus guy? Let me see him. I want to check him out. Maybe I'll get his autograph. Maybe I'll get a picture with him. Maybe I'll get somebody who'll just do a little artist rendition of him. And I can take it home and show I was with him, the one who, you know, he, you know, causes blind people to see. Kind of like a freak in their minds. He roamed around then, and they were all around him, crushing him because they wanted to get something for nothing. But she touched him, and she was made well. She was made whole. Was it the touch? That's why Jesus made it clear. He wanted to. He wanted her to actually say it. Give her testimony. And she did. Because he said, who is it? Who is it? Who did it? Who touched me? And eventually she came up fearful and said, I touched you. I touched you. I touched you. And I'm I'm changed. I'm a new person. And he says, you know, it's your faith that healed you. It's not the touch. If it was the touch, how come all the people who were around him didn't get healed? They crushed him. They touched him. They were hugging all over him. They were feeling probably trying to grab some things off of him. Because they didn't care about the Savior. They wanted to see him, feel him, touch him, and leave unchanged. Do you know today, many people come around the Savior and leave unchanged. They come around him and they crush him. They see him. They they hear a message and they leave saying, oh, okay, he's a pretty good guy. He's an interesting character. One day maybe I'll get to know him better. One day, maybe I'll make that decision. Do you know there was many times that he walked on this earth and crowds were all around him and many people weren't affected and it's sad I believe our savior went up to the mountain and talked with his father on those many nights and cried he said father why I come down and I'm Healing, why do they keep rejecting me? I'm showing them your love. I'm loving them. I'm changing their lives, but they keep rejecting me. And today he says it. he's at the right hand of God right now, and he says that I've given them now all these mystery people. I've given them my word. I've given them the truth, and they keep rejecting me. They're all around me, but they don't see me. They're touching me, but they don't feel me. Why? If anybody in here today doesn't have that peace, you don't have the peace. You might even think you know him. Isn't that unbelievable? Sylvia did a message on Thursday, and she said that it's going to be interesting in heaven. And I thought about this. You know, we're going to see people that we don't even expect there. And we're also going to not see people we expect to see there. That's that's crippling. You want to be there? Do you really want to be there? Do you really have that peace? Have you really been healed? Have you really been changed by him? Have you really touched him or did you kind of. Touch him. Did you touch him? Because when we touch him, we're changed. We're healed. We're made brand new. He gives us that peace. Do you have the peace this morning? Do you have the peace this morning? Have you been healed? The great thing about it is that you don't really have to understand And we've been kind of thinking that we have to understand everything. You don't have to understand, just believe. Do you want to have the new life? It's available. Isn't that wonderful? That this woman, 12 years of pain and suffering and trying the world's remedies and doing everything she can in the world and did not find a solution, but God still cared for her. God still at the right time. Prepared a vessel to talk with her and share Christ with her. And she didn't just hear it. She believed it. And she didn't just believe it. She acted on it. She went up to the Savior and she touched him in faith. And she was healed. The gospel is so simple. All we have to do is touch him. Just believe. And he says, I'll change your life forever. I will take away the pain of this world. But if you still want to go out there and try more remedies, try more doctors, just have your money pouch ready. Just have it there. Have your bank account. Just bring your checkbook out because it's going to cost you. And just go ahead and experiment with this world. And you're going to find out that what's going to happen is you will continue to see failure after failure, and you'll become bankrupt, and there won't be any thing fulfilling in it. The only fulfillment that we can have that's true is Christ, and all you have to do is believe. This woman came up to him and touched him because she thought, "All I have to do is touch him, and I will be healed." All you have to do this morning is just say, all I have to do is believe and I will be healed. I will be saved. It's not me trying to convince. It's God, because he loves you so much. He's compassionate. He loves us so much that he wants to see every face in heaven. He doesn't want to see anyone lost. So you have an opportunity today. Not because of me. Don't look at me. Look at him. Jesus is Lord. The Lord. Look at him. Look to Jesus. This morning you have an opportunity. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. I only have one minute left. I want you to start thinking about putting your hand up. Start thinking about it. Why you wouldn't put your hand up. Why would you say no? Think about that. Do I have a real good reason why I wouldn't say no to God? Why would I ever say no to the Savior? Why would I ever say no, I don't want to go to heaven and be in paradise with you? Ask that question before you keep your hand down. And then when you ask that question, be bold enough to put your hand up and say, yes, I will. I'll invite him into my heart. You have an opportunity at just the right time. He's walking through here right now. At just the right time. Is it going to be the right time for you today? Is it going to be the right time? May we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, we thank you that um, you speak to us through your word. And at just the right time, you came and saved. A lost people people destined for hell and there's people all around the world that are destined for hell that touch you every day they are in contact with believers they're in contact with the Bible but they leave unchanged and at just the right time they say no Lord we ask that you would go through this group this morning this afternoon and that you would give them an opportunity and press upon their hearts that they can like this woman say yes And I give you the opportunity right now. Anyone in this room right now that would just like to say, yes, I want to be changed. I want to be made new. I want to be healed. I want to see my Savior in paradise. I want to go to the kingdom of heaven with God, with Jesus. That if you can just boldly right now with everybody's eyes closed, put your hand up. I can guarantee that your life will never be the same. At just the right time, he's walking through here. Do you want to say yes? It's an opportunity. All you have to do is put your hand up. No one's looking. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of just trying to do it on your own? Isn't it time that you made that decision? It won't cost you anything. Get one more chance. Put your hand up, please. Tell the Savior I will. I trust you. I invite you. And if you don't want to do it now, then talk with somebody later. If you have more questions, we pray that you would have them answered. And Lord, we thank you for this group. Lord, we thank you that you have been in our presence, Lord, and we pray that you would continue to show us your word and teach us through your word. And, Lord, we continue to um, ask that you would bless this congregation, this church, and bless these people here, the mystery people, the people that um, share the word, Lord, that they would continue boldly to share your word so that lives can be changed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.